Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Hey, hey, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's show, we're talking about Bill C-234 again, and one senator is frustrated with it being delayed in the upper chamber. We'll also have reaction from federal Tory ag critic John Barlow on the matter. Elsewhere, Sask Crop Insurance is forecasting claim payouts to be around $2 billion this year. And Adam Bacallo from PI Financial gives us his weekly breakdown of how canola and wheat futures did for this week. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Saskag today on 620 CKRM. This is Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. The fix is in. That was a comment from Senator David Wells following a raucous session in the Senate on Thursday afternoon. During third reading of Bill 234, an amendment was put forward by an independent senator that had to do with the length of the sunset clause. It was like an amendment introduced in committee but was voted down. Before the debate was allowed to begin, another senator called for the end of the discussion. That had Tory senators fuming, saying the speaker was not following procedures. There was a 45-minute break before senators were asked to vote in favor or against putting off discussion to the next meeting. By a slim margin of 29 to 24, it passed. Senator Wells was frustrated by the ordeal. To adjourn the debate means to pause the debate uh, to allow them to prepare remarks or whatever. Adjournment of a debate is common. But what is rare is adjournment of a debate when other people are ready to speak on debate, which I was and a number of other senators were. And so com- so obviously it's within the rules, uh, but, but the common practice and certainly common courtesy is to let people who are ready to speak let them speak before it's adjourned. And when you run out of speakers, obviously someone would adjourn. But we were just getting up to speak, and there was a number of, uh, of people ready to speak. Uh, we knew right away then that uh, games were afoot, uh, the fix was in, and this was a delay tactic. Um, and uh, part of the delay tactic, obviously, to, to us anyway, or to me, was to allow uh, ministers, which they've been doing all week, uh, to call senators who uh, who may be subject to uh, to influence and it's uh, minister gilbo and minister wilkinson they have been calling senators all week to try to get them to uh, to, to to play in the government's hand uh, 
so, so that's what happened. And of course, the other thing is Prime Minister Trudeau uh, quickly appointed five senators, five new senators last week. Uh, and because we have a parliamentary break week coming up, that will give time, I'm sure, to have them installed at the next sitting of the Senate, which is Tuesday coming. So there will be five more votes that the government wouldn't have. And that's that's it in a nutshell. But this is a clear attempt to kill the bill uh, that would help farmers, ranchers and growers make their uh, ease their costs a little bit more by uh, removing the tax from uh, propane and natural gas on their on their heating, heating their burns in the winter and cooling them in the summer, which is a necessary activity across Canada. It's a cold country in the in the in the winter and it's a warm country in the summer. And this would also uh, apply to grain drying as well. Wells was asked if he's had conversations with senators who received a phone call from the federal environment minister. Uh, Yes, I have. And in fact, after the vote on the report stage Tuesday night, one senator who uh, who is not a doesn't sit with the conservatives, but is an independent minded thinking senator. uh, He said to me, oh, I have a call here on my phone from Minister Gilbo. He's left a message. So so it's it's obvious. And I've heard I've heard a number of those reports to Wells. The future of Bill 234 is now in question. You know what? I had hope. Uh, at the beginning of yesterday's uh, Senate sitting, I now have less hope, and here's why. Five new senators coming in to vote, uh, to obviously vote with the government, and many of these appointments are, well, one is a, a former Liberal MP from Nova Scotia. Uh, the others are, uh, some of them are Liberal candidates, former Liberal candidates, provincially in uh, New Brunswick. And so I don't have, I, I really don't have hope. Um, And it's because of that, because procedurally, they can delay, delay, delay. Farm groups across the nation have been watching the proceedings in the Senate very closely for weeks now. Many have sent letters and emails to senators urging them not to stand in the way of passing Bill 234 in its original form, to give producers a break on the carbon tax when heating their barns or drying their grain with propane or natural gas. If this bill doesn't make it past the the Senate, there will be no exemption for either. Federal Tory egg critic John Barlow is equally disappointed with what he witnessed in the Senate yesterday. They, they adjourned debate. Uh, the, even the Speaker kind of shut down any opportunity to try and, and uh, you know, overturn this amendment, which an amendment that was put forward at the Agriculture Committee in the House of Commons and turned down, an amended amendment that was put at front at the Agriculture Committee at the Senate and turned down. Um, you know, this is nothing more than a, a tactic to to, to kill this bill, and um, you know it's uh, really unfortunate they are the Senate is doing Justin Trudeau's dirty work and and disrespecting the will of a house. Barlow rema- remains hopeful the bill will eventually pass in the Senate, but just like Senator Wells, he has his doubts. You're listening to Saskag today on 620 CKRM. Up next is the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation forecasting about $2 billion in claim payouts for producers this year. Keep it tuned here. We'll be back right after this. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation is forecasting a Two billion dollars in payouts to farmers from a suite of business risk management programs they administer. President and CEO of SAS Crop Insurance Corporation Jeff Morrow says 
Most of that would come from the 2023 crop insurance program. That's the crop insurance program uh, on its own. Um, you know, it's a forecast expected to the claims to reach um, that they could reach that 1.85 billion. And when you you reference the other business risk management programs um, that SCIC delivers, when you add those into the mix as well, it's it uh, you know it approaches that two billion dollar uh, support mark for for 2023. of crop insurance program claims have been paid to producers at this point. The deadline to file a claim is next Wednesday. For any producer that has a crop insurance contract or insured acres with us, they have until November 15th to to send their yield information to us and or register a claim if they are short in, in in the yield that they produced on their farm. He explains how claims are paid through the crop insurance program. The way we pay claims through the crop insurance program is through previous premiums, basically. So there's the crop insurance program has a fund uh, that has been built up over the years. So whenever claims exceed premium, we're able to to draw on that fund that is there uh, to pay. So if the forecasts are a little bit higher than than what we have today at 1.85, there is funds available for sure to to pay those claims. He says the information released is to acknowledge a tough growing season for some farmers in the province. I think one of the reasons we're talking about this today is just to just to acknowledge that we recognize it's another challenging year for for a lot of producers in the province and and mainly in the southwest and the west central side uh, of the province. Uh, And so just to, you know, to highlight the the support that is there um, through the programs uh, that SCIC offers. And also, you know, in addition to those regular, those four programs that are standard, the um, there's also agri recovery support that was announced uh, in late October, uh, specifically directed for the livestock sector that we know had such a challenging year again uh, with feed in 2023. Large portions of West Central, Central and Southwest Saskatchewan endured a third consecutive drought this year. Crop insurance payments were $1.4 billion in 2022. To put those numbers into perspective, indemnities in 2018 were only $265 million, $260 million in 2019, and $188 million in 2020. Crop insurance premiums are split three ways, with the producer paying 40%, the federal government 36%, and the Saskatchewan government 24%. You're listening to Saskag Today. Up next is today's Ag Review. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and My Grain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. The U.S. Department of Agriculture surprised the market yesterday by boosting the average corn yield 1.9 bushels per acre to a total of 174.9 bushels an acre. The new corn estimate is 15.14 billion bushels, breaking the all-time U.S. corn production mark set in 2016. The soybean yield estimate moved up slightly to 49.9 bushels an acre, up 0.3 bushels an acre from last month. 
The USDA left wheat production unchanged from last month's estimate. Among the changes USDA made for wheat by country were production decreases for India, Argentina and Kazakhstan. Russia had the most notable increase from 85 million metric tons in October to now 90 million, while Australia remained at 24.5 million despite its dry conditions. The United States is importing record amounts of beef this year and exporting less after ranchers slashed the nation's cattle herd to its lowest level in decades, tightening margins for meat companies like Tyson Foods. The decline in cattle numbers after years of drought-fried pasture lands used for grazing led to soaring U.S. beef prices. Higher prices incentivize companies to import cheaper beef and discourage U.S. beef purchases by buyers like China, Japan and Egypt. Analysts expect lower demand for U.S. beef and higher costs for cattle to translate into negative quarterly margins for Tyson's beef business, its largest unit, for the first time this year. The U.S. Department of Agriculture expects the U.S. to drop to the ranking of the world's fourth largest beef and veal exporter this year, down from second in 2022. Hong Kong authorities have ordered the culling of around 5,600 pigs in a herd after the African swine fever virus was discovered at a local pig farm. The licensed pig farm near the mainland China border tested positive for the ASF virus, which is harmless to humans, after staff took samples from 37 pigs for testing. The Agriculture, Fisheries and Conservation Department says it will arrange cleaning and disinfection of the farm and will continue to keep local pig farms under close surveillance and conduct tests if necessary. The department has notified the World Organization for Animal Health and is investigating and tracing the source of the virus in collaboration with international experts. No reports of abnormalities from pig farms outside a three-kilometer zone have been received. El Nino weather conditions will continue through the northern hemisphere during April to June of 2024 with a 62% chance. That's according to a U.S. government weather forecaster. El Nino is a warning of ocean surface temperatures in the eastern and central Pacific and can provoke extreme weather phenomena from wildfires to tropical cyclones and prolonged droughts. Additionally, there is a 35% chance of this event becoming historically strong for the November to January season. The naturally occurring phenomenon is already spurring calamities across the globe, with the latest target being the neighborhoods of Paraguay and Somalia. The stakes are seen higher for emerging markets more exposed to swings in food and energy prices. In Canada, El Nino's effects are seen mostly during winters and springs when it's associated with milder than normal conditions in western, northwestern and central parts of the country. Farm and construction equipment maker CNH Industrial has announced its plan to abandon the Milan stock market and retain a single listing for shares on the New York Stock Exchange. It would be effective from January 2nd next year. 
The Italian-American group, whose shares are currently traded both on the New York Stock Exchange and in Milan, earlier this year announced a plan to abandon its Italian listing. Its shares will be tradable in Milan until December 29th. CNH also lowered its 2023 revenue forecast, citing a softening for its farm machinery, predominantly in South America, sending its shares plummeting. As part of its New York single listing plan, CNH announced a new share buyback program worth up to $1 billion U.S. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today's sunshine with winds from the southeast at 20, gusting to 40, high of minus 4 degrees. Tonight, clear sky, southeast wind at 20, gusting to 40 kilometers an hour, a low of minus 7 degrees with the wind chill near minus 14. Tomorrow, a sunny sky to start, then part the cloudy. Winds from the southeast at 20, gusting to 40 kilometers an hour, high of plus 1 with the wind chill around minus 14 in the morning. A low minus 1. Sunday, sunshine, high of plus 1, the low minus 7. Monday, also sunny, high of plus 1 again, the low minus 3. Tuesday, sunny, high of plus 2, the low minus 5. And Wednesday, sunshine, high of plus 3, again, the low minus 5. Thursday, sunshine, high of plus 2. Normal highs for the period are around 0. Normal lows, minus 10. Sun rose at 8.04 this morning, and the sun will set at around 5.20 p.m. Excuse me. Taking a look around the province in Estevan, Saskatoon, and Weyburn, or rather Yorkton, I should say, minus 2. Weyburn is at minus 1. Swift current, minus 3 degrees. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Maple Creek once again. They've been the warm spot in the province for this week. Today, they're at 5.4 degrees. The cool spot in the province is in Rock Glen at minus 5. In Regina, sunny sky. Winds from the southeast at 28 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 85%, temperature minus 3 or 26 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 102.4, and falling. In Moose Jaw, sunny, east-southeast wind at 17, temperature minus 4. Again in Regina, sunshine, winds from the southeast at 28 kilometers an hour, temperature minus 3 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. A recent USDA report was a driver of the grain markets. That from Adam McCallow with PI Financial as he went over the performance of canola and wheat futures for this week. January canola increased approximately $11 a ton so far this week. Uh, today, with the majority of the gain, actually, we're up about $16.5 a ton, sitting at seven oh three fifty. So, uh, regained that 700 level that uh, I was kind of watching. Yesterday, there was a USDA report, and we saw a, quite a bit of volatility with uh, featuring 
soybeans and kind of yields raised about uh, 0.3 bushels an acre and carryout was higher than expected, uh, which in turn kind of put some selling pressure with beans down about 20 cents yesterday. So that kind of dragged canola back below that 700 level. But again, it, it seems that traders are kind of back onto the buying side of canola, which is a, a good sign to see, uh, in my opinion, that we could now be maybe turning a little bit higher for sure. And with regards to uh, the December wheat contract from uh, the Minneapolis uh, Grain Exchange, how did, how did that do? Right now we're down actually about 11 cents uh, a bushel as well, too, on the December Minneapolis. Today we're down about 4 cents, sitting at approximately 7.30 here. So the supply and demand report yesterday from the USDA made a few minor changes, um, which resulted in a kind of a small carryout increase of 14 million bushels. And that resulted in ending stocks coming in above expectations um, and, again, kind of sending wheat futures lower. So uh, the trend on wheat has been, I would say, a little bit more sideways right now and since really kind of beginning of October, um, waiting for some news, which this might be the news to potentially kind of put a little bit of selling. But uh, overall, it seems that traders aren't uh, kind of going on either side, whether it's kind of, kind of more on the short or the long side here right now. So I would say that I'm going to be kind of watching, you know, the U.S. planes are supposed to stay dry for the next 10 days, you know, kind of how that affects kind of things longer term. But it seems like right now the trend is definitely sideways kind of in wheat, like I mentioned. All right. So I'm guessing that uh, USDA report from the other day, that was kind of the major driver for both canola and wheat futures? Correct, exactly. That was definitely, you know, the main driver, uh, as well as, you know, for corn, making new lows on the year as well, too, kind of keeping the bears in charge uh, for corn futures. Uh, This week as well, too, we have seen kind of the U.S. dollar turn uh, a little bit kind of lower, so that's been supportive for grain markets. Uh, Crude has actually been very volatile, down about 7% here in the last short while, uh, low $80, sitting at about 77 today. So that was definitely a little bit negative uh, for, for grains in general, I would say. So is that report kind of something that uh, you'll be using as a reference uh, as you uh, determine your outlook for this uh, next week here? That's a good question, Ryan. And I would say that I use fundamental data as kind of a starting block for when I talk to clients, maybe about outlooks, but um, I talk with a lot of farms too that uh, don't even like to look at those numbers just because whether they're inaccurate or, you know, they just, they don't believe what what they're coming out with. So again, I would say that I I use those numbers as a bit of a base because they are important to know for, for moving the markets. But in terms of coming down to where I think markets could go, that's when I look at, at the charts and the technical side, uh, really to be unemotional about the markets because every day you can open up your phone and you can say, why is canola up $17 versus wheat down $0.03 cents like we are today? So uh, I find that talking with clients in a, kind of an unbiased, you know, unemotional way, that's kind of the way that I create my trading strategies. Adam Piccalo is a future commodity advisor with PI Financial in Winnipeg. You're listening to SaskAg today. Up next is a feature on the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities, which held a midterm convention in Regina. 
Again, you're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town number yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Drought in the future of agriculture were topics covered during a panel discussion at the SARM midterm convention in Regina yesterday afternoon. One of the panels was Dr. Steve Shirt- Shirtlift a professor at the College of Agriculture and Bioresource at the University of Saskatchewan. He says great progress has been made dealing with drought over the past 20 to 30 years. When one inch of rain falls in the growing season, back in the, from the 60s to about the 90s, we used to get about two or two and a half bushels of wheat. Now we're getting between four and six bushels of wheat from that same inch of rain. So we're getting more efficient use of that by having better varieties and better agronomy and better cropping systems. That's all making this package of Saskatchewan much better and much more competitive that way. Of course, there are limitations. Can we do anything with catastrophic droughts? When it just doesn't rain, no we can't. Crops need water to grow, but where we can help is when we get low amounts of precipitation that we can have more efficient systems that that go in there. So the best strategy is to have a cropping system that can use the water best when it actually does rain in its limited amounts. Shirtlift says more work needs to be done on forage research. We've had a couple new positions come in in our place where people are starting to look at more intensive managers and forages. It'd be nice to see that forages could go through a renaissance like our regular grain crop productions where they're seeing yield increases that people thought was just coffee shop talk in the past, right? I think we have potential to see that too. And on the crop side, Shirtliff is excited about the future of precision agriculture. I think the no-till revolution had echoes that went beyond just farming the land here in Saskatchewan. We saw a whole ecosystem of machinery manufacturers and research business come out of Saskatchewan. It's become a world center for it. My hope is that the same thing can happen in, in the digital agriculture world. You know, we already have some really good companies here, mm-hmm. and there's new entrepreneurs <laughs> coming all the time, so I think it's a bright future. Dr. Steve Shirtliff, a University of Saskatchewan professor in the College of Agriculture and Bioresources. He was part of a panel discussion during the SARM midterm convention yesterday afternoon in Regina. You're listening to Saskag Today. Coming up next is today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly up in early trading today. Canola is up $8.50 at 6.4822. Number 1 red spring wheat is up 4 cents at 3.3371. The rest were unchanged. Durham at 4.7372, feed barley 2.6258, chickpeas 12.1253, flax 6.4104. Lentils 7.7750, oats 3.0332, yellow peas 4.0189 and feed wheat 235.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is down one and a half cents at $7.33 a bushel. Coming up is today's Livestock Report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. 
Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the latest livestock quotes. Three, two, one. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 2560 on offer in Moose Jaw. At our Tuesday pre-start with the first cut calves selling well. Some of these second and third cut calves are being discounted now. Another 740 cows at our Thursday regular sale. There is a mountain of cows showing up all across western Canada. Top end butcher cows, 128 to 136. Medium cows, 105 to 127. Shelly cows are being discounted. The heiferettes and the young feeding cows, they're selling extremely well right now. Here's what happened on Tuesday at the pre-sort. 117 black steers at 432. Another 118 steers, 304 at 357. 113 black steers at 409. Another 100 black heifers, 423 at 359. And 118 little heifers. 304 pounds at 357. 2600 again here for Tuesday, November 14th. We got room in our Tuesday, November 20th and 28th sales. Cows and bulls are selling every Thursday morning. For more market information, give Heartland Moose Jaw a call at 692-2385. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. The latest pork prices are at $192.34 per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. The British economy flatlined in the third quarter of the year. The Office for National Statistics said Friday that growth in the July to September period was zero compared to the previous three months. The British economy, like many others, particularly in the world, is struggling to grow in the face of higher interest rates, which are aimed at taming inflation. On the markets, the TSX is down 22 points, 19,564. The Dow is up 169 points to 34,061. Oil is up $1.32 at $77.06 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at $72.30 U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the On Demand Saskag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Saskag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.